Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Get outside and explore Chicago on a CAFC river cruise aboard Chicago's First Lady. Now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Called the number one boat tour in Chicago by TripAdvisor, CAC docents share the fascinating secrets and stories behind more than 50 famous buildings facing the Chicago River. Delight in panoramic views and hear how our hometown became world-renowned for its architecture. Book your tickets today at architecture.org. Part two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, July 8th is still brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. And yes, we're still in Ben's attic. Benny J, take it away. Been talking about this interview all day, ladies and gentlemen. Maze Jackson. And before we bring Maze on, let me just say this. Many people of the leftist persuasion... Uh, ask me when they hear I, I like Mays Jackson, I'm friends with Mays Jackson, they go, how can you, Ben, a lefty, be friends with this conservative? So I'm just going to say this up front when we begin the interview. Way back when, when Mays Jackson had his first show with WBON, he would invite me on. Nobody else invited me on their radio shows back in those days. I was too lefty for anybody in the city of Chicago except for Mays Jackson. I'm a very loyal person, so that is why I like Maze Jackson. Welcome to my show, Maze Jackson. Hey, Ben, it's an honor to be on your show. And it's pretty funny how um, it seems like, uh, first of all, it's pretty funny to be described as a conservative. That's almost hilarious to me. And then uh, the fact that, you know, uh, that I am honored to just be in your space, man. It's like you've been rocking and rolling. It's like, you got on my show, and now you got your own, and I'm, I'm trying to be on yours. <laughs> it's funny how that goes, man. Well, in between, I got fired, uh, and so that's sort of we have like a, uh, a brotherhood there. You were not fired, uh, but you left VON uh, under special circumstances. We're going to take the deep dive on that, and we'll also uh, get your thoughts on where we are as a city, and then we'll explore the issue of what if you're not a conservative, what are you? Uh, and uh, so let's start with uh, your situation at WVON. I'll just turn it over to you and uh, take it away, Mays Jackson. All right, so let me start here. Let me start by saying that I am honored to have sat in the chair, not the actual chair, but the chair, <laughs> the microphone, uh, and to have been associated with one of Black Chicago's most iconic brands, uh, WVON. And I am forever grateful for Melody for the amazing Monique show, Talk It Out. Um, the opportunity to be um, do the social media question of the day, which then led to me being a commentator, which then led me to becoming the host of the WVON morning show. So I want to be clear that I am and we'll always be grateful for that opportunity. But in time, you know, Ben, I think in all of our lives, there comes a point when we have to make a choice. Um, fortunately for me, I do not depend on the radio for a living to make a living. And I've always been an entrepreneur. A lot of um, our colleagues or people who are put in these type of situations. And I would say that my situation is not uncommon. Uh, maybe the, the, the venue, but I think people have to make a choice every day or oftentimes whether they're going to go with their, go with their morals and their values, or they're going to just do what the job says and get through the day. Yeah. Uh, for me, fortunately I was in a position where it wasn't, I had to make a choice between my livelihood or compromising my value. What I did have to do is make a choice of between my ego 
because I will tell you that being the host of the WBON morning show yeah. is a very prestigious and powerful position, regardless of the pay or lack thereof, mm-hmm. because it is perceived that you do carry the voice of black Chicago or you are representative of it. And so that mantle is something that I carry with pride and with honor, even as I offended 99.9% of the people who used to think that WBON was a safe haven because I really wanted to get to the bottom of some interesting questions, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So basically, um, after uh, the uprising, after George Floyd Chicago version, and we watched the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago burn and be looted as police officers stood by, I felt the need to talk about it to my audience. Obviously, they were living through it. They were going through it. But things got really hairy when we heard the story of, the of, and I remember hearing the story on the news and the mayor was congratulating uh, people with questionable backgrounds who were defending their neighborhood as the looters were coming to take over their hoods. And then as that story unraveled and we started to hear more, we found out that the mayor's office had been directly engaged with community, with uh, street outreach organizations, which uh, 22nd Ward Alderman uh, Mike Rodriguez eventually admitted were gang members. And and I'm from Chicago, so I get the, I get it, but to, tell, to know that they were engaged by the city to protect their neighborhoods or given some tacit approval through this network of organizations was disconcerting. But when I started getting calls from listeners who were saying that they were being pulled out of their cars, being assaulted, we even had the story of a family where a man was run over by a tow truck because these gang members had decided that the only identifier for looters was black. And so now you've got a scandal going on that, in my in my estimation, was Iran-Contra Chicago style. What do you and, mean by that? What do you mean by a scandal Iran-Contra Chicago style? Just go before you just... So essentially, the, the, the government had engaged street mm-hmm. gangs to protect their neighborhood, and it got out of hand, and people wound up getting hurt particularly black people. We heard Alderman Lopez talk about it, and because he's not on the mayor's good side, he's very rapidly dismissed. But if you listen to that call, he expressed some of the concerns. And even if you listen to the call that came out on WCW with the, um, the Zoom call, you heard that they discussed openly using these organizations as part of the plan to save the city, even as the police were not we're told to stand in. So as our listeners started calling, I started pulling pulling at the thread and talking, and, it, and we got some emails and we got some confirmations and we got some things that made it look like it wasn't a hoax, but it was really part of the mayor's failed strategy. So we talked about it and we started getting calls. People were saying, this happened to me, and they were telling us experiences. And I tell you, it was really, it was hard to listen to. And so I kept pushing and kept pushing, and then I got a phone call. Well, not a phone call. I got a text while I was on the phone call. And in that text, they told me to check my email, and management told me that I was no longer able to speak, to mention the mayor's name. I was no longer able to talk about a sub, any subject that could be connected to the mayor. And I was told that if any callers called and were not, um, flattering of the mayor, I was to hang up on. And well, before you go any further, before you, to, before you go any further, Mays, uh, I just need to know: Do you still have a copy of that email that you received? Oh yeah, I, I'm never letting that go because I think that is my—that's almost my own personal declaration of independence. So yes, I have a copy of it. Okay, I have not circulated it because I'm, and I have not circulated it. I mean, I, it exists. We know it exists, and if I ever need it, mm-hmm. I'll have it. But I'm not. My goal is not to harm it. But we know that it exists, and and it's and if you look at the column, uh, there was a pretty much a uh, the, the column, and when I speak of the column, the theater column, mm-hmm. one question, 
they did acknowledge that we we broke up both we we parted ways over editorial decisions. Yeah. Uh, but again, I was given the option to come back. It's just I could not honestly. So I will tell you, Ben, I've become known for what's in it for the, my statement, what's in it for the black people. Yeah. And I have been, and I have developed a relationship with my audience that makes them know that they can trust me. You call it conservative. I call it black people recognizing that they've been getting shot upon by the Democratic Party even as we continue to deliver election after election, and there is an audience that is frustrated. They are tired. We are not going to just say, okay, the same people, Mike Madigan and his crew keep getting richer and richer, and we're still getting poorer and poorer. Um, there is a level of frustration that is resonating in the black community, and quite frankly, it doesn't go along it's not good for the people, the black people that have been in power for years because they have sold the fact that they could calm the natives. Well, these uprisings demonstrated that they couldn't calm the natives. But if they couldn't calm the natives, what they could do, or at least attempt to do, was calm the person that was talking about the fact that the natives wouldn't be calm. And so I essentially had to make a decision and basically... Then uh, that was that note was given to me on a Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I was no longer able to program my show, and I started doing things like band aids. Like if you listen to my show, you know that I don't do band aids, right? Like colored band aids. That's not a topic that you're going to get from me. And it was almost like I was being made a mockery of on air. I felt like my hands were tied behind my back. Um, and so I delivered, I was waffling on that Friday, whether I would come back under these circumstances. And I was preparing to come back. And then I was prepared to be given some rules of engagement to be on the air. And I just said, Fuck, I can't operate like this. No disrespect, but I'm not an employee. I'm an entrepreneur. And so Immediately, I said, and then I always built my show around my social life. Even from Talk It Out with Maze and Monique, I always built it around the social audience because I thought that's where the world is moving. And so even in the years while I was as a morning show host, I always focused on building a social media audience, um, which I think has given our show, gave the show a different twist because it was integrated into the show. Those comments, what people were saying, it could direct the show. Well, essentially what wound up happening then was I said, uh, when I made the decision I was going to um, leave, I was just going to do a digital show and continue to do what I did. I was, when I didn't have the station, I was up to probably about 450 live viewers in the morning. And so I figured that's a pretty good start. Uh, that's going bigger than a lot of national in some cases. So I said I was going to move to digital only, but then I realized that I had so many listeners that were seniors who listened on the radio who may not have been. So I did something that probably don't see very many people do. Mm -hmm. When I made the decision to quit, I decided to quit. No hard feelings. I am grateful for the time, but it was time for me to leave. And instead of going off the air, I said, I'm going to bet on myself. So I went to the bank. I got 20 grand. And I put 20 grand down and bought a morning show on a small gospel station right down the aisle from, right down the dial from WVON and said to myself, self, you've always said bet on yourself. You're an entrepreneur, not an employee. Put your money where your mouth is. And so I found a small gospel station, which also happened to be, and I want to share some tribute, where I thought had some cachet in the black community, 1570 AM, because it was also the home of Harold Davis and the Butt Naked Truth for quite a few years, which if you know Black Chicago, that was a cult classic radio station. So they had, our audience was familiar. Plus I had my digital audience. And so... I quit on a Monday, 
Monday was that July 29th and started the Maze Jackson show um, on Wednesday, July 1st. Uh, you mean June 29th? And I took my, June 29th. June 29th, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. June 29th, I walked out of, I, I tendered my resignation, and by the 1st of July, I was back on air, down the dial. Uh, my Initially, my morning, my, my musical conductor, Sonia Escobar, came with me, and so it was the two of us. We picked up uh, who I thought would be my co-host was a young lady that I had essentially tried to bring on my show years ago, but things didn't work out. Her name was Ruthie Moore. We brought her. And then as we got it together, something just didn't seem right. So I reached out to my good buddy, Todd, and I said, Todd, and he said, I was waiting for you to call. (laughs) Todd Stroger, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And Todd Stroger. And it was, that was on a Monday. I, I called Todd on a Sunday. He said, Maze, I got to give him um, some notice. He went in on Monday. He did a show on mon- uh, Monday. Let him know after the show that he was he was going to do another week. And uh, I turned on on Tuesday, and he was like, he had been told no reason to come back. And so this Monday, we put the whole band back together. Mm-hmm. And the Maze Jackson show airs again. Maze and Todd, along with Ruthie and Sonia, and we are back together. But on top of it, then what we decided to do was build our own studio. So we are actually, we bought all the equipment. So, you know, I don't know if you know, them, know, know but I, I was one of the people who helped Power 92 launch their station. And so 106, we were the first time in history radio outsourced their uh, promotions to another, to a, a independent company. And what I learned there is when when they first came out was I said, we're not going to be, we may not have the bigger signal, but we'll be number one in the streets. And that's what my plan is, is to be the number one outlet and resource, trusted source of information for the black community. Because right now there is no constituted editorial voice in our community, right? The defender is gone and reduced. Um, to a email. I'm not sure if I still get that. I was a political editor there too, by the way. I got forced out for telling telling stories about the Illinois Minati, but that's a whole other story. Um, we don't have Ebony. We don't have Jet. So when black people need somewhere to go, where can they go when they need to know that the, the information is trusted? Look, the mayor came and tried to tell us not to believe our lying eyes. And even as the south and west sides burn, she tried to pretend like it didn't happen. All right, wait. Uh, hold and on. Before uh, let's let's just back up uh, and take things point by point uh, because you said some so, things that are remarkable. And uh, so, first of all, just the notion that anybody running a radio station would tell one of their employees who's on air personality. Uh, assigned to talk about the news that they cannot talk about the mayor of the city of Chicago is I'm trying to think of the right word maze. Even if I disliked everything you said about mayor Lori Lightfoot or mayor Rahm Emanuel or mayor Richard M. Daly or mayor Eugene Sawyer or mayor Harold Washington, even if I despised what you said about them and opposed what you said about them, the notion that somebody could run a show without talking about them is preposterous. Well, think about completely preposterous. And so you wonder how they can do that. And, and essentially what happened was they said that I was using it as a platform to attack a black woman. I'm like, she's the fucking mayor. The city is burning and we are not, we don't want to embarrass the mayor. But our callers are calling in and being attacked based on her decision. And the, so what you're talking about is one thing, but for me, it's like taking it to a two, we're t- I'm being attacked, I'm being told I can't speak on this issue because I am attacking a black woman, even as black women are calling our show to tell us they are being attacked based on the mayor's decision. No, but li- listen to what I'm saying, Maze. This may be a small I point, but but it's one thing if they said to you, "Look, 
Stop saying nasty Still. things about Mayor Lori Lightfoot and start saying nice things about her. That's one thing, okay? But to say, don't mention Lori Lightfoot at all, I don't know how you could do a show. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like me being told, don't talk about Donald Trump. I mean, what the? Well, then think about it. So that's how I got to do Bandit. Right? When they said no, no, like essentially you take the mayor out, you gutted all of the political discussion. And so we got to talking about skin tone on Band-Aid. Think about that. That's yeah. literally what we were reduced to. I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, that uh, that 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 is a preposterous. I don't know how. That's just a preposterous notion. Again, so what if they had come to you and said, all right, Mays, uh, start saying nice things about Lori Lightfoot. You know, you because you lose no. all credibility whatsoever if you stop talking about her at all, mentioning her. Then it's really obvious. So what if if they said, "Look, here from now on, from here on out, say nothing but nice things about Lori Lightfoot." So if somebody comes on the show and complains about police tactics uh, by designed by uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you're supposed to say, "You know what? You got to give the mayor credit because of X, Y, Z." Would you have gone along with that? No, I'm going to call balls and strikes. Here's the problem in the black community, right? The problem in the black community is all of our politicians get to show up and take selfies, and we're supposed to clap and be happy, even as our neighborhoods continue to look like shit. We have, we are, and and essentially what happens is that when 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 everybody is getting roses all the time, then nobody stops to say, hey, this neighborhood looks crazy. Hey, we need to get something else going on over here. Mm-hmm. So, no, Ben, I, I, I got to call them balls and strikes. And I think that in the black community, black politicians have gotten the past. Our communities look like shit. We are last in all of the 16 economic indicators. And guess what? And nobody says anything. Because, and let me tell you what's happened in the black community. Our politicians and preachers have become the royalty of our community because we have a dearth of business. And so now what, what, when, when politicians come to white communities, they are servants. When, they come, when politicians come to black communities, they expect to be treated like kings and queens. I will not bow down to a king and queen. Now, when I see the mayor doing something right for our community, I'm happy to say it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. All right. So uh, now let's get back to, uh, by the way, just when you said that last thing, I just have to point out that to illustrate, actually, I agree with you, uh, Maze, on that last point you made. I'll, I'll never forget. One of my pet peeves was the Olympics, Mayor Daly's Olympics. I fought that one tooth and nail. I don't know where you were. I didn't know you back in those days, so I don't know where your, what your position was on the Olympics. It doesn't matter. Point is, I fought it tooth hey, and man, nail. Hey, man, I was an old cooperative. I wanted to eat at the trough, man. What are you talking about? Okay, so you were slopping at the trough. <laughs> now, why am I not surprised? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I wanted to. Oh, but but like, <laughs> at least you're honest about it. <laughs> they saved it all for Kurt Summers, man. Oh, Kurt, I didn't get it. Yeah, Kurt got it all. All right, let's just, but listen to what I'm about to say. So I, I covered that uh, Olympic proposal, uh, and uh, I went to various communities to watch the presentation. So I remember watching. I wrote a column about this. I could send it to you. I, wrote a, I, wa- I went to a, a white neighborhood on the northwest side where they made the presentation, and it was the 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 people from Mayor Daley's Olympic Committee, and the emphasis was on taxes and how much it would cost. And they took very seriously the concerns that people had about the budget, and they were explaining all lies, by the way, that it wasn't going to add to their tax burden at all, okay? Uh, Then I went to South Shore Community Center where there was a presentation for a largely black audience. And what did they do? They brought in past Olympians or great athletes who talked about what an honor it was that their hometown, Chicago, would get to host the games and that this truly was something that they looked forward to their whole lives. In other words, they treated the black people at the South Shore Cultural Center like they were children. 
and they treated and the gonna... white tech people on the northwest side like they were adult taxpayers. And my point is that the people on the south side pay taxes too. 100% agree. And so that's why when you, you call me a conservative, right, is because when when everybody comes and they try and give us the song and dance, I'm like, but what about the math, right? So why your white liberal friends are like, how could you like Mae Jackson? Is because they don't just get to come and give us the song and dance, right? They don't get to come and patronize us and pat us on the head and show us and say, hey, we're, you should be happy we came to your station because I'm wealthy. No. And so that then what you're talking about is why all of your lefty friends don't like me because they don't get to come and say all of the, and it's, and it's not just Mayor Daly. It is the way that the white community has been taught to deal with the black community. So we never get to talk, they act like nobody black pays taxes. Like all of us are sitting around um, waiting for a welfare check or waiting for some social service program. Think about this. All right, wait, hold on. I call, let me just back up. I call you conservative because you were way too cozy with Bruce Rauner. That's why I call you conservative. I don't call you conservative because you're, uh, you criticize Michael Madigan. I'm with you criticizing Michael Madigan. I don't call you conservative because you you criticize Lori Lightfoot. I'm with you. Cozying up to Bruce Rauner is where you lose me. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. So here's my thing, right? First of all, then you're not going to get me to argue over which white guy is more racist, right? You're just not. So Bruce Rauner is no worse to the black community than Michael Madigan. As a matter of fact, I would say that Michael Madigan has done 500 times more damage to the black community, but yet I'm now supposed to pretend like I got to stand, I got to be like, now I'm this loyal soldier to the Democrats because of, look, here's what I'm going to say. I will talk to anybody in power right, to get the best outcome for my people. And unfortunately, that is the problem with black elected officials. So Mike Madigan told all the black people to sit down for a fuck for four freaking years and choke your people out. Choke your people out. The black caucus could have cut a deal for black folks. But because we're so loyal, we would rather choke our own people out. Black Democrats are Democrat before they are black. And that is the problem. When, when these guys go to talk to black folks, they can talk Democratic Party BS, and we're nowhere included in that. So when they go to the north side, those north side, northwest side guys are like, fuck you, tell me about the tax. And then they bring us a celebrity and say, take pictures and get a photo and get yourself. And they rape Robin Phillips, our community. No, don't, don't, I'm not going to argue over which white guy is more racist. So I, I, you catch me in a picture with Bruce Brown and you catch me in a picture with, um, Mike Madison, I got pictures with every damn body. And whoever can get the most for black community in that moment, that's what I'm on. Well, Our interests are my person, not a personality. Right. Can I tell you what? Go ahead. I would talk to Donald Trump, too. Go ahead. No, I know you. You went to the White House. I remember when you went to the White House. Look, here's the thing. I sure did. Me and my girl, Omarosa. Yeah, Omarosa. How go- she was kicked out of the White black. House about a week later. And guess what? She made a million dollars and she's still black. She went to two, she graduated from two HBCUs, got more black credentials than three quarters of the people that's talking. And again, if we have nobody there, we have nobody that speaks for us. Okay, what else? All What's right, now look, here's, here's the deal. I can understand where you're coming from. I, view, look at it from my perspective. As a lefty, as a lefty, I feel, I hear, understand and relate what you're saying. I feel as though the Democratic Party takes me for granted. The Democratic, so imagine me. Wait, okay, so let me just finish my point. The Democratic Party takes me for granted. Every year when there's an election, the Democratic Party tells lefties like me, shut up and go along because the alternative is worse. That's what they tell me. 
May. Every, I've been hearing, and I'm older than you. I've been hearing this 30 years longer than you, okay? Maybe 20 years. And I'm like, what's my choice? You know, I'm 50, Yeah, I know. So, and I'm not quite 80. But, so, <laughs> I, I, I undercut, I brought you down here. No, Mace Jackson's really only uh, 35. He's been 35 for the last 20 years. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, I understand it. I can relate. So I would look to the Republicans, and I say, Republicans, give me a legitimate reason that I, as a lefty, can vote for you or support you. And I can't, Mays Jackson. They don't give me anything, nothing. And that's what Bruce Rauner gave the black community. Black community could turn to Bruce Rauner and say, Bruce Rauner, give us a reason. And Bruce Rauner did nothing, absolutely nothing. To help the black community. Go ahead. Let's be clear. Mike Madigan decided that the day Bruce Rauner got hired, that there was nothing would happen. He would not be successful. And he has 100% lock on Springfield. We, in that same, in that same four year cycle, we watched as Mike Madigan spent a record amount of money to make sure that one black guy, now three people did the same thing, but to make sure that one Negro did not get off the plantation because if he did, then everybody else could probably think that they might be smarter and be able to do it themselves. I am suggesting to you that the same way you describe what Bruce Browner has done for for white folks or did for people over four years, I would challenge you that Mike Madigan has done the same thing for black people over the last 40 years. No, I said for I lefties. There's a difference. I said for lefties. So, in other words, if I'm looking for a positive, proactive reason to vote for a Republican, which is different than having a proactive reason not to vote for a Democrat, which is a nihilistic thing. If I'm looking for a proactive reason to vote for a Republican, I have none because they don't offer me anything. The best Donald Trump can offer me. If you lived in Bolingbrook, they would. <laughs> I'm not, but you see, you're not following. Roger Clare. Roger I like Roger Clare. I know you love and you and was, you're the pride and joy of Bolingbrook. I have some win too. But I'm talking about as a lefty. <laughs> see, I'm not a leftist. I know you're not. You're and a conservative. You the lefties don't. But here's the thing: the lefties are as paternalistic to paternalistic to black people as the the Mike Madigan. All right, you like, know what? You guys say, "Well, how dare you guys?" And I say, "What are you stupid? How can you not like seriously? Like, I think it's it's pretty funny to me. Wait, to time out, Maze, You that, must be try, willfully trying to miss the point I'm making. You What's must be willfully trying to miss the point I'm making. I, that's all point? I can Never say. Been. I'm making a very speci- specific point. I'm saying that as a left, I'm not, I'm saying as a lefty, when I look at the Republicans, I say, Republicans, give me a reason as a lefty to vote for you. Give me a reason. So for like my agenda, it's like redistributing income my agenda it's like paying making rich people pay a higher tax we have progressive taxation Mine my would agenda, be immigration okay but th- this is my lefty agenda that's a reason for me to but this is my 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 conservative agenda i'm tired of hearing anybody tell me anything about immigrants before we get black people right so if i hear so when i hear the republicans say build the wall i'm not suggesting i say build the wall but i am suggesting that if I hear one more Democrat tell me about crying about some kid at the border who's not from this country, when they just spent the while they're telling me to vote for the guy who locked up all of our damn kids, it, it, it's just crazy to me. Oh. It's crazy. And this is why I began the show by saying Mays Jackson is a conservative. So don't deny it. Just embrace I'm it. I'm saying. I'm saying. I. Let me tell you what I am a. I know this is this is probably not popular to say, but I am an American citizen. I am. I, I'm. I'm proud to be a Black American citizen with all of the bullshit that America has done to me. I want every freaking right and privilege that comes with being an American. And before you tell me that they can't fix my schools, that before you tell me I spend one freaking dollar of United States taxpayers' dollars, and I don't care what they put in it, because when we do something illegal, we're going to jail. 
So I am telling you that when I hear when I hear when I hear Republicans talk about the immigration issue, and I compare it to what the Democrats are saying, where they're saying give it all away to everybody, even as they're screwing us and killing us on TV. No, I I, I see that there's a point of commonality. Wait, who who who's screwing you and killing you on TV? Uh, white people. What? Why? So why are you taking that on immigrants? What I am suggesting is the priority that the the number one priority for Americans should be getting it right with black people. That's what the I don't hear about, I don't want to hear about no trans issues. I don't want to hear about no LGBTQ issues. I don't want to hear about until America gets the original sin right. Right? Then I don't and, and I feel like every time I talk to a Democrat, they're piling everybody else on top of us. Everybody's issue on top of us. And so even as I hear you cry and I watch as black as Democrats cry for immigrants at the border while they're telling me at the same time to vote for Joe Biden as we're trying to unwind the system that he do you understand the madness that I'm looking at right now? All right, let's go back to uh, uh, let's <laughs> let's go back to uh, your some of the things you were saying about Chicago because we could have this yes. discussion uh, for a many a long time, but I will make this concession to you, Mays Jackson. You have a very good point on that last point. I'll, you have a very good point. I mean, we you have a very good on, point. Obama, oh, you don't need me to say anymore. I gave credit for that one. You have a very good point. No, and, I just but but think about it. You tell me, Obama. On the same day, I was watching. I got to. I was watching the Obama, the Michelle Obama thing, and I she almost got. You know, like I'm not an Obama fan, but I love Michelle. But I still get mad. She almost got me when I was watching the Becoming thing, Mm -hmm. and then I don't know if you recall that there was a part in that movie where she was President Obama. It was after what had happened with Dylan Roof and all the black people killed, and he he was in Charlotte, South Carolina, and Black America was enraged about what happened, and he got up there and sang Amazing Grace. Yeah. And we was like, that's what we got. And then she said that same night, she forgot about that because she had to be out in the street as we passed marriage equality and that it was okay to be gay. Now, I'm not, I have nuts like what they say on Seinfeld. Uh, gay people, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you got to understand that as I am sitting here watching everything that happens, people, black people are still being lynched. Literally, we are now talking about LGBT rights. All lives. We done turned the what we done put the uh, Black Lives Matters logo has changed colors because now we want to make it more inclusive. We're talking about immigrants, and Black people are still last in all sixteen economic indicators. And you want me to have compassion for someone else? Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, I do want you to have compassion for other people, but you're making a very valid point. Let me just say that I cannot let this pass. See, I wanted to move on back to Chicago, but I cannot let this pass. Barack Obama, I just wrote about this in the reader, on the issue oh, of gay marriage, is was so wishy-washy. So when he got to that point where he finally em- embraced it, he'd already gone through two evolutions, Mays. Did you know that? And guess what? Two I do, evolutions. I, I remember. He started right, for it, it then he was against it, then he was for it again. So, Right. Uh, you know, I remember I, Jeremiah Wright. Don't talk to me about Barack Obama because I think that Reverend Wright, Barack Obama, Barack. I think that if you were to poll black people right now, we enjoy the symbolism, but we can pretty much agree that Barack Obama was a failure for black policy as a president. He gave us the the, the image and all that stuff, but like we failed on that one because we did not hold him accountable. And quite frankly, by not holding him accountable. Because he was black and we said we had to wait. It's the same reason that I refused to give Lori life for the past. Uh, I, you're absolutely correct about uh, people not holding. And, and again, it goes beyond uh, black people. I know that's your concern, but I'm just saying, I'm always broadening it. it. We do not hold our politicians accountable. And you know, Mays, when we come back to Chicago, I've been writing about the TIF issue for so many years, and it's basically all it is is how you distribute a pie. And the way they distribute the pie is they give a bigger chunk to wealthier white neighborhoods. 
and I will never understand how politicians in this city, particularly black politicians, could have allowed it to continue and to vote for it. I'll never understand that. So I'm hoping you join that crusade. You use your new freedom that you have with your show, uh, which you control, and I give you credit for doing that, by the way, to raise, to, to, to make that point, make that illustrate. Because it, it doesn't get any more basic than that. Do you follow what I'm saying, Maze? How you divide the pie. You know what? I, it, it, that's what the whole thing of politics is, then, is how you divide the pie. And the tip, can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. The tip is no different than all of our budget priorities, all of the economic development, et cetera. Again, here in Illinois and in Chicago, and I'm going to do Chicago and I'm going to do Illinois, black politicians only, they, they really don't, in my estimation, know how to use government to get ahead. They believe that their job is to protect the safety net, period. White legislators legislate well. Black legislators legislate poverty. And it is unfortunate because what essentially happens is because oftentimes they don't know better or they've been taught that this is a win, right? We think a win out of a multi-billion dollar TIP project or out of a Sterling Bay project is a training program, right? That's what we think is a win. And so white guys know that. And so they, when you, when they say the TIF, right, they've already gone to the black politician and said, I'm going to do a training program for you, right? Because, again, they don't want us to participate in the economics of the city. So I'm going to tell you, Ben, I, but let me tell you what I do think. I do think that this George Floyd situation combined with Mary Lord, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's um, uh, lack of knowledge of the black community is creating a real interesting mix of things that's happening. You combine, like, the, the thing is, then the black community has been built to be complicit, right? They have only known to go along with the mayor and to go along with the power structure. So if the mayor says this is good for you, then it's good for you. There's no need to read it. Parking meter deal, any deal. We now are looking to create a new generation of, of black elected officials um, that are no longer. That's why we are starting to boot camp. Because, again, what happens then is that Madigan never even runs a candidate in our community. You know what he does? He makes sure nobody gets on the ballot. And then when nobody gets on the ballot, then those guys never have to answer for their lack of achievement. Yeah, if there's uh, no opposition, <laughs> first of all, it's hard to lose an there's election. There's no opposition. You can vote. Right. <laughs> it's hard you, to lose an election. No yeah. Exactly. And so I think that um, what is happening now with this George Floyd situation mm. is the masses are no longer in the black on the black side. I'm not talking about all the white kids that are marching. But the black people are starting to say, hold up, wait a minute. Um, why are there no cannabis dispensaries? Yeah. There's none. So every day as the, the pre- remember when the, remember when there was the big fight and the mayor promised us that he would go to Springfield and make sure that there was cannabis dispensaries. And remember when she promised us that um, she wouldn't let them open up downtown Yeah. and that there would be plenty of space. Remember when they showed us the bullshit about, you know, they were going to rope off the downtown and protect it so that it could be for, for, those people, we haven't got a cannabis license. There's not one black cannabis license. They are making record amounts of money. We just think about this, and I, I really I talk about this one on the show. There are very few times that everybody is at the starting line at the same time. When black people and white people can be at the starting line at the same time. In Illinois, we allow, our elected our elected officials allowed us to create a separate but equal cannabis law yeah. that allowed what, and, and, and we applauded it, myself included, because we were like, oh my God, we finally got some social equity. And now look, well, it's like we got to do better. But I, the people I, that I, you're I, telling me to support, 
are Democrats. Well, listen, no Republicans. Wait, I'm just saying, I'm with you 100 percent in terms of you uh, not supporting Democrats. Where you lose me is when you're a little too cozy with Rauner, and we'll leave it. We'll let it at that. You got your thing. What, I but, got, well, how do you define too much? How do you define too cozy? Just curious. Why? Because we talked together. We had a meeting. We took a picture. We had discussions about what we could do. What makes it too cozy? Too cozy is not taking a look at the rhetoric of Bruce Rauner and that, how that works at the detriment of the black community. There's two, there's two, there's two sellouts. There's a sellout that the Democrats do when they say we're looking out for you, and then they pull their punch. So, for instance, you just laid it out. We talk about it on this show all the time. The reefer bill. They legalized reefer. Finally, okay, I was for it. I, I, the, the war on drugs uh, was destroying communities, families, and people, mostly black people, mostly black communities. It's about time we ended it, all right? What, but then what do we do? We turn over the dispensary license to rich white people. So black people are not benefiting directly from this. So I'm with you 100% on that. And uh, was it Jason Irvin, Chicago City Council? Remember, they were going to have the vote to, to uh, uh, force the mayor to, uh, to suspend, mm-hmm. delay? I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while. We talked about it on the show, but it's been a while. What happened with that vote? Didn't they pull their punch on that maze? On that? Yep. On them? Okay. They pulled the punch. So as a result, there's we're still talking about this. There's no uh, black entrepreneurs. There's no maze Jacksons with license. It's an and outrage. The maze Jacksons with right. But and guess what? The more Maze Jacksons talk about it, the more they'll make sure that people who have the ability like Maze Jacksons don't get those opportunities. Because they know if we were able to capitalize, they would not be able to run the plantation. Right? That's why they got to keep you got to you can't run the plantation with a bunch of smart Negroes on. Well, I'm just saying that Bruce Rauner's got his own plantation, and we'll let leave it at that. Bruce Rauner's gone, man. He's done. No, it's but over. that's what I gave you grief for right? for the embracing of but my enemy. My enemy is my friend. Mike Madigan was trying to destroy me personally, my family personally. Right? I don't have. I didn't have an army. I didn't have an army. So you got to figure out how do you survive. So guess what? You know this is Chicago. And you know this, Ben. Ben, you know that if they could have erased me a long time ago, mm-hmm. they would have. Think about how many people just go away and they, they say you're done and they just go away into the sunset. And you never hear from them again. Remember Gary LaChapelle? Mm-hmm. Gary, what was his name, Chappelle? Remember? Like, you cross the speaker, you do something, and they just eradicate you, and you just go away. They hurt your family. They do all that stuff. Ben, I'm a survivor. <laughs> Maze I Jackson. I live to fight another day. Bruce Brown is not here. Yeah, he's Maze not. Jackson is. And, and, all right, you are a survivor, and we'll uh, end this segment uh, where we began it. I have much appreciation for Mays Jackson, and I will always appreciate that he put me on his radio show. WBEZ didn't put me on their radio show. WGN didn't put me on their radio show. Old Lefty Ben, Mays Jackson. I went on your show and we talked about reefer legalization. You remember that, Mays? Remember our argument we got? Yeah, I got that show. I got the show. I still got it. We have to pull it back up. But you know what? Here's the deal, Ben. Yeah. You can always come on my show with your lefty um, crazy ideas, and we can have it out. Because let me tell you what. What we do, what we have done is decided that we're not going to allow anybody to tell us what to think. So when you turn on the Mays Jackson show, uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 on 1570 AM. Wait, what was that again? I, I missed that. Could you repeat that again? The Mays Jackson Show. When was that again? I just missed it. Repeat that, the, please. <laughs> the Mays Jackson Show, you can get it every Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 AM. Nothing's changed. It's just the dial number. Uh, We're on 1570 AM, WBGX, uh, <laughs> excuse me, 1570 AM. Plus, you can get us on Facebook Live if you want to be part of the discussion or you can download the TuneIn app. Replays are also available on YouTube. So I'm going to tell you, but we, at, at, at we, we're we billing it what's in it for the black people radio. But then you're welcome with your crazy opinions. <laughs> and just like, just like we want to make sure that all Chicago is represented. 
And so I'm going to be talking to everybody. I want to talk to Aaron Cancers. I want to talk to all the people that nobody wants to talk to. Well, That's what we're going to do. I, I, I want to come on your show. I'll preach my crazy lefty uh, views to your audience, and I'll win them all over. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and I'll, I'm going to no, I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to come on your show and talk about tiffs. It'll probably be the last time I come up, Ben. You can't talk about tiffs. Can you talk about something else? Uh, no, you can definitely come on and talk about tiffs. No, I, let me say this. Like, we want to get to the bottom of all of it. And let me just tell you, tiffs have been a way that people have been enriched. I've seen some of the good that tiffs. I've seen Alderman, like my good friend Alderman Burnett, loving tiffs to rebuild whole communities and neighborhoods. But now we got to figure out how do we take it to the next Please, step. Don't, all right, you know what? Let's just up. end it right yeah, there. I, I do not want to hear about the 27th Ward filling up with TIF dollars. The greatest ward in the city. You obviously don't live in the 27th Ward. The 27th Ward is a gentrifying ward, and it's the definition of what gets it. You know what? I'm going to have to come on your show and it's give a whole explanation. It's people on both sides of me, dude. Gonna... It's people on both sides of me. They just got bigger cars. All right, we're going to let it go. Maze Jackson, uh, one more time, tell people how they can find your, your new show. You can find my new show every Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on 1570 WPGX. You can also get me on uh, the Maze Jackson page on Facebook Live, as well as the TuneIn app. You can go to your Google Play or your App Store and download it. Check us out. It is What's In It For The Black People Radio Broadcast and Live from the Maze Studios. And we can't wait to get you in, Ben. Ben, when you see my new studios, man, you're going to love it. It's all Chicago. All Chicago. All right, very good. Mace Jackson, thank you very much. Best of luck to you, all right? Appreciate you, man. All right, that's Mace Jackson. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.